Welcome to the Project Black podcast, co-hosted by Dara, Fatima, Ryan, and Bree, for Black public health professionals, friends, and colleagues. Tune in as we come together to discuss how we can bridge love, access, community care, and knowledge. We are Project Black. Hey everyone, welcome back to Project Black, we're Black again. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about prepping for the holidays. Holiday prep can include many things such as buying food, creating a menu, putting up decorations, and gift shopping. But the holiday prep we want to talk about this week is prepping your mental health. Holiday season can bring up a lot for people in general. Our days are shorter, which can affect people's mood. And also being around family members and loved ones can be great, but also draining. This year, the holiday season looks a lot different for many communities and families across the nation. The U.S. has been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic and has resulted in over 240,000 deaths. Globally, the pandemic has resulted in 1.3 million deaths. Also, with protests around the nation and world, whether it's Black Lives Matter in the U.S. and SARS in Nigeria, there's a lot going on. Many folks have experienced job loss, challenges adjusting to working from home overall, and fear of exposure going into work. To say the least, holidays this year for many is going to look and feel different. So I'm going to pass it off to Bree um, for our check-in. Hey, everybody. Yes, thank you, Dara, for that introduction and onto the episode. And I think um, it's clear kind of the topic we want to focus on today, and especially recognizing that holidays are going to be different. Um, For me, our check-in question kind of reflects on that and thinking about what are your favorite holiday traditions or winter traditions and have you thought about what that might look like this year as well? I can start off (laughs) Um, while people continue to think. So for me, my favorite holiday tradition has been um, going around to rich neighborhoods to look at Christmas lights. Um, There are a couple neighborhoods around Houston that um, do really elaborate kind of decorations with of movies almost like they have a lot of um, props and um, things that you can see and like interact with. I imagine it may look a little bit different with COVID in terms of like the getting out of your car and kind of walking up to the house, but it is something that my family and I do in one car. We kind of just make hot cocoa or um, hot chocolate and then just get in the car and drive to these neighborhoods. And that's something I look forward to every year. So I'm hoping to do that again um, with my close family who I've been seeing on a regular basis. Um, and still be able to enjoy that kind of um, Christmas tradition. That's amazing. Similar to like uh, to you, Brie, not, it's not really a tradition, but just something I really enjoy during this time of year is I love walking around different neighborhoods, and this is such a creepy thing to do but you know when you walk by a house and you can kind of like see inside the house and like you know just seeing like different scenes of the holiday um people gathering around the table or decorating their tree or sometimes you can just see like the tree from the window um and my favorite place to walk around in boston is definitely beacon hill um i think it's acorn street that's like pretty famous for its little scene so that's something that i look forward to um every year yeah, the, the, I'm sitting here or standing here being like, huh, what do we do? So we don't really, I mean, there are certain holidays we just don't celebrate. So we kind of just come together and eat. <laughs> That's like We're like, everyone else in the U.S. is doing this, so we might as well partake. Um, but something that's been happening over the past few years when we have come together together to eat, um, that has been either like a rap or sing battle 
or like a dancing competition <laughs> and because we just love music right so i think a couple of years ago every day we would do we would pretend like it was a, a cypher <laughs> and then we would just like pass the mic it wasn't a real mic and just had everyone from my family do it but generally speaking it's like dancing like from oldest to youngest so we'd have competitions from like the youngest kids the toddlers to the teenagers to the adults somebody usually has money it's usually somebody's uncle because in most african homes <laughs> it's like money is part of just like celebrating and it's a way to sort of get the kids motivated to have fun so that's one thing or one of the things that i appreciate doing over the winter holidays or months but you know because of covid i'm also based in boston like all of us on well except for brie we miss you brie <laughs> but you know it's going to be different right so we've been thinking about doing zoom calls virtual calls to just see what that would look like and and just check in so i will miss that this year Listen, let me just say, Zoom works for some ciphers, too. Y'all can have a little rap battle. <laughs> right? Exactly. I like that. Thank you, Bree. Thanks, Fatima. I think for me, uh, my favorite holiday tradition is putting up the Christmas decorations. And then I also love when, um, like, stores like Walgreens or Target, like, start putting out the holiday candy. So the Hershey's uh, white chocolate peppermint candy is my favorite. So... I love being able to see that and feel like, oh, wow, it's the holiday season. And I also love listening to Christmas music. So as soon as Thanksgiving hits to January 1st, like I'm listening to Christmas music. So that's my favorite um, part of the holiday season. Uh, I enjoy the food part of it and the gathering, I think. Uh, uh, I think in a lot of Black families, we are really big on uh, food at every function. If you go to a cookout, there's no food. We're like, what's this? So uh, I, I really, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you everyone for sharing. I think um, I was trying to steer away from saying like um, Christmas or Thanksgiving, just because I know everyone doesn't celebrate it, but I do hear a lot of people saying that this is just a time for them to be around family. Um, and that comes with good things and bad things for folks. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to pass it over to Daris for this for our main conversation. All right. So you might have heard a different voice. So that is Celeste. So I'm going to go ahead and briefly introduce Celeste. So Celeste Basir, or also known as Celeste the Therapist, is a renowned therapist, mental health advocate, best-selling author, and podcast host. She is frequently quoted by media as a mental health expert, including NBC News, Vice, Healthline, Bustle, and seen on Fox Soul TV. She holds a master's degree in counseling from the University of Massachusetts in Boston. Celeste has been in the mental health field for more than 15 years and believes in the power of living a conscious life. She has dedicated her personal and professional endeavors to breaking the stigma surrounding mental and emotional health, especially in communities of color. Celeste is the author of two books, Relationship Goals and 365 Days of Intentional Living. So thank you, Celeste, for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this dialogue today. Okay. So we'd like to start off by um, talking about seasonal depression. So for folks who don't know what seasonal depression is, um, can you tell us what it is, please? Yeah, seasonal depression is uh, something that takes place uh, when the seasons change. People typically talk about it during the winter months. Uh, it does, it can happen in the springtime as well. Uh, but when the seasons change, uh, 
uh, our rhythm get, can get off, uh, especially people that live in cold weather places uh, like Boston, you know, up north where, when it's cold, we don't get a lot of sun. We're not moving our body as much. So it definitely does affect uh, how we feel inside. And a lot of people will say, you know, I have the winter blues or uh, I, this is kind of like how I feel, but not really having a name for it or understanding uh, the dynamic of how the season can impact them uh, when it changes. So uh, it's, you know, it's, it's depression. And I think that, um, you know, when what people have described, I've, I've experienced, I've experienced depression, but not seasonal affective disorder. Uh, so for people that describe it to me that struggle with it, they say it's like something goes on and off immediately, they can feel it. And typically, the uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people and prepping them about seasonal depression, seasonal affective disorder. And uh, when they're mindful of it, they can actually feel the changes inside uh, as the season starts to change, which is pretty interesting. Thank you for that explanation. So what are some ways that people who are experiencing seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder, like what things can they do to cope, especially during the winter months? Yeah, that's a really good question. So one thing is, is kind of naming it. I think a lot of times people don't like naming the hard stuff because uh, they feel like they're, they're saying like, this is, this is me and, and it, is, it is you, but I think we cannot deal with the problem if we don't name it. Uh, and there's no, there's no real literal test you can take. Uh, you know, a therapist can diagnose you and, and look at like the DSM-5. Um, so I think naming it is gonna be important. Also being mindful of your activity. I'm, I'm a big fan of looking at what we have control over. I think when the pandemic started, that was a big thing that I uh, continue to talk about is, you know, eating, sleeping, moving our body, even if we can't move our body as frequently or as much as we like, uh, it's important for us to create space for that. Another great, uh, a great uh, tool is uh, a light box and, you know, definitely talk to your doctor about it, but, you know, not having that sun in the morning really throws your day off. I say the way we start our day, the first 20 minutes of the day really sets the tone. And I think when it's so dark, uh, it can really like affect our mood. And, and so there's this light box where you can kind of sit close by it where it's, it's bright and people have, have talked about the profound effect it's had on their mood throughout the day. Uh, and, and, you know, just being honest with yourself and honoring your emotions around this time. Uh, you know, you got seasonal affective disorder on top of just the holidays, uh, depending on what that looks like, especially during 2020 that's very impactful. You know, it's like a perfect storm, a tsunami uh, that that can can impact what you have already been struggling with. So uh, so on be honor your emotions is going to be important, I think. I just have um, a follow up question for that. So our audience, uh, you know, very diverse. <laughs> we have quite the range. What would you suggest for our listeners who are maybe in their teenage years like they don't really one like trying to have that conversation with their parents especially around stigma in in communities of color you know oh like you know sometimes it can just be mental health is just brushed off um and then also maybe because they're younger or you know not working whatever the case is um don't have access you know the the financial resources to buy a light box um how about for like our younger 
listeners a little bit? How can we help them out? Yes, I I love that question. And one thing that I uh, am big on is, one thing that I'm really big on is using what you have. And I think me coming from a lower socioeconomic status home, uh, I understand how challenging it can be to deal with some of these issues. And also coming from a home with a mom who uh, is very devoted to religion. And so depression was not a, a conversation that took place in our home. And, and so like, if I was like sad, I think that it would just kind of be like, what are you sad about? Like you have food and clothes. And so for my listeners who may not have that uh, environment, understand that I understand that what you're dealing with. And I think that being mindful who you talk to about your emotions, if they're not able to honor them or if they are not validating them, uh, definitely kind of try not to um, divulge as much because it can actually make you feel worse trying to talk to somebody that's telling you that you're fine when you know you're not fine. Uh, So music is a really good tool. You know, uh, I'm 38 growing up. uh, I didn't have, we didn't have YouTube and stuff. Now, you know, I had to listen to the radio and I remember always, you know, um, uh, just kind of getting my cassette tape and, and recording the song so I can continue listening to them. Uh, but now, you know, we got YouTube, it's free. So music is really good. Trying to find some positive uplifting music. Uh, podcasts are really good, like this podcast, right? There's a lot of podcasts that kind of uh, talk to not just therapists, but also people with lived experience um, that can help give you hope. Uh, writing is a really good tool. Um, and then, you know, in the winter with, you know, it being so cold and not being able to really get outside, being in your house and kind of like doing some activity uh, in your home, uh, popping on a YouTube, moving your body can really help increase the uh, dopamine levels, which uh, kind of contribute to your uh, your mood. It can really increase that. Uh, and so kind of like using what you have, right? Everything that I just named literally costs nothing, but it's a matter of kind of being intentional about it and telling yourself like, this is my medicine. So if I am struggling with a headache, sometimes I'll take a Tylenol and I look at that as an intentional like choice. And so when it comes to the things that we have available in, in front of us, uh, we really have to be intentional and push past you know, the feeling of not really wanting to do it because when you're struggling, you really don't want to do it. And, and so a lot of times when we, we got to work, we really don't want to go to work, but we want to get paid. So we go past the feeling. So I really want people to kind of think about, you know, uh, living versus surviving. And, and so like, when it comes to our mood, it doesn't feel like we're living. It feels like we're surviving. So I got to really be mindful and push past that feeling so that I can live and actually do some of these uh, routines. That's awesome. And so many, so many great points and so many great gems. Just one more follow-up question after that. So um, I love how you listed like, you know, so many free resources, but it also made me think about how everyone seems to be like a therapist on Instagram. Can you talk a little bit about how to filter out, um, you know, like what's not all advice is good advice. Not everyone's a, a healer or therapist, all of these things, um, especially for not even just younger generations, but us too. Like what, what would your advice be to when trying to filter out things that are helpful versus things that may be harmful, even though they're free? 
Yeah, that is another great question. And, and you're absolutely right. I remember uh, there was this guy, his therapist, he would call himself the anxiety buster. He cures anxieties. And like immediately like hearing that, I struggled with that. And he's he was a therapist. Uh, so I, I, you know, I didn't follow him. And I think when you're uh, listening to people or reading certain things that trigger you in a negative way, and the reason why that specifically was hard for me to hear is because I know like we're, we're gonna, you can't like just completely cure anxiety. It's the language. I think language is important. It's not about curing, but uh, uh, bringing it down so that it's not controlling you. It's not your lens, you know, I, between like depression and anxiety, I think we don't always have a diagnosable uh, diagnosis of in, an anxiety or depression disorder, but I feel like there are moments where we feel that way. And like, I think we just have to be honest about it. Uh, so, when you are uh, listening to something or reading something that is triggering to you. And that's why it's important to stay mindful of what's happening inside. Sometimes we read stuff and something happens inside our body and we don't even recognize it as it's happening. And so if, if something, it doesn't feel right, hitting unfollow is free, right? And, um, you know, muting that, that, uh, you know, if it's a friend or somebody that you like, I don't want to unfollow, right? Because that's a real thing. You can mute the, so mute their, their uh, profile. So it doesn't come up on your feed, you know, and, and since we're on social media, you know, social media, and I think social media plays a big role, or should I say we allow social media to play a big role in our mood, because of whether it's comparison or, uh, or some things that, you know, it's hard for us. We don't have to follow. We don't have to click on it. You know, we don't have to look at the notifications every five minutes. So just kind of being mindful that of what you have control over, because I, I feel like a lot of times we don't consciously think about it. I mean, if we literally stop and think about it, it's like, yeah, I have control. But if we're not consciously thinking about it, we feel like we're, it's not within our control. Uh, so just kind of being mindful that you can unfollow and mute people if you want to. Thank you, Ryan, for that question. And thank you, Celeste. Like, I, I definitely agree, especially on Instagram. We see a lot of Insta therapy and like, it feels, it kind of reminds me of toxic positivity where they're just like, you can do it. Just get out of bed and start your LLC. So I really appreciate you saying that, you know, protect your, um, your mental health, unblock or block, unfollow. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I really love how you said in the beginning that the first 20 minutes of the day sets the tone. And I think for me with the whole working from home, like before I'd be like, okay, I'll check my email once I get into work, but work is like three steps away from my bed. So I'm like, okay. And I just wake up and start checking my email as soon as I wake up. So I'm gonna be more mindful of that um, moving forward. Um, so I'll move on to the next question. Um, so a lot of people have felt lonely and isolated during this pandemic. And during this holiday season, they might not be able to um, still be with their loved ones to celebrate. Um, so what are some tips for people about coping with feelings of loneliness? Yeah, great question. And honoring your emotions is important. And I always tell people to kind of mourn the loss of the life that they had. You know, grief is something that we only typically contribute to when somebody dies. But the life that we had prior to 2020, you know, there's a grieving process that we have to do. And, and part of that is acceptance. And I think a lot of times we only look at the fact that we can't do what we did before instead of weighing out our options on what's available to us now. Uh, you know, 
thank God for technology, uh, Zoom's been a really great um, avenue for people to stay connected. Uh, and then if I am able to mourn the loss of, of what, you know, like I was always with people, I was doing X, Y, and Z. And so like, that's sad. Like, I want to acknowledge that. I don't want to brush over that part. And then where am I at now? Now, like, I don't have that physical connection, but I can speak over the phone. I can uh, do the video chat and uh, leaning into that will allow you to be in the moment so that you can actually enjoy the time that you're there and not just thinking about the fact that you can't have that. And unfortunately, some people won't even like try you know, a new way because they're so stuck in the past on what is not available and doing that causes you to miss out on the moment and also makes a lot of room for depression and anxiety when you're not able to kind of stay in the moment. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I had a follow-up question because once once I heard you say, uh, ask the question, Dara, I was thinking about Jamila Wood's song, Holy, and she talks about like, I'm not lonely, I'm alone. So I, I wanted to know if you have any thoughts around just even language, right? The difference between loneliness versus alone, like a feeling versus like what's actually happening, if you can speak to that a bit. Yeah, I think language is important. Uh, you know, saying stuck in the house makes it feel like, you don't have a choice, but saying I'm safe in the house makes it a choice, right? We're in the house, not because we're stuck, but because we're safe. And I think perspective is everything. And the way that we are saying it out loud, pay attention to how, as a therapist, I'm really big on words and I pay attention to the way people speak. And I say, if you're saying this out loud, imagine like what's happening in your head and, and how stuck you may feel. Uh, so, uh, Lone, you know, the, the idea of loneliness or alone, right? Like all, all words matter. And, and, and when you find yourself saying that, you should really work on kind of reframing it. And in order, like if, if this is something you're like, wow, this is amazing what you're saying right now, uh, you can like make room every day to uh, tap into what you're feeling and start to challenge it. Uh, you know, there's uh, free apps. Uh, I have an app. I mean, I don't have an app, but I use an app called Calm and uh, they have a free version. Um, app, and even if you don't have the money to check in, right, because I'm about using what you have, you can grab a notebook and uh, and keep a, a daily log of of like what you're feeling. I do that with my young kids so that they can check in with themselves and it becomes a practice for them. And teenagers, you can do that as well and, and make a pretty notebook, color it the way you want, uh, make it to your liking and start checking in. That's the most powerful thing you can do is understand what's happening inside because I tell people you have a world taking place inside and we're not involved in it. And so if I am not going to uh, be consciously aware of my thoughts, my thoughts don't just stop, they continue to go without my consent, right? And so I, when I think about it that way, I said, dang, I really want to like be a part of this process because if I don't have consent over what's happening or how I'm processing things, it's going to start to manifest in different parts of my life. And, and I think that's why mental health is so challenging for people is because it's not like I cut my hand and blood comes out and, you know, medically that's an easy uh, distinction, but mentally, I could have something happen early in the day and I come home to my family and I'm spazzing out over something earlier, but I make it about something in front of me when it's really not about that. And so if we can really be mindful and intentional, it causes our suffering to lessen, right? Like, like there's a lot of pain in life. Like that's the reality. Like a lot of hard things are happening, but 
I feel like, especially in America or in black and brown homes, I feel like we make our suffering more um, more extensive because we are not being a part of the process. And so we run away from suffering and when we run away from suffering, we, we suffer more. I love that so much. Like um, my heart is warm just you, like hearing you say that um, and love what you did with the reframing, right? Where you were like, and obviously, like you said, people are in pain, people are suffering. So maybe everyone isn't safe, right? But even this idea, like if you are safe, reframing it to saying like, I'm not stuck at home, I'm safe at home. So would love to hear some other phrases that like people can just think of as we're talking about it, right? So feel free to give any example, whether it's related to the holidays or just things that you've heard in your career. What are some phrases that people people usually say and what's some ways they can reframe um, so that it does, they don't feel as heavy or they don't feel as dark inside? Yeah, a big, um, I mean, a big thing is like, my life sucks, you know, this sucks. And I think, you know, one thing is we'll get stuck. Like, let's say right now I'm in a really hard situation and, and life does suck. I can acknowledge that life sucks and that, and you know, uh, one of the uh, questions uh, asked earlier around, uh, you know, this positive uh, like notion, like just do this and do that. And that's one of the things I steer away from. You know, when I talk to people, I'm really mindful of how hard this journey is to, develop self-awareness and understand what you're thinking. And, uh, you know, your body rejects that positive uh, thing that you're trying to do when it's so used to living in a negative space, right? If I've, I grew up my entire life without acknowledging my emotions or my feelings or my trauma, so I'm in a really negative space. So as I became an adult and tried to work on my healing process, my body rejected it, rejected this process. So I get confused when people say, just do this and do that without talking about the process of how hard it can be. And so like, if you're feeling like life sucks, yes, my life sucks now, but let me break it down. What is it about right now that is hard for me, right? And so like, I don't have a job. I'm living in the shelter, right? That's really hard. What can I do about it? I think when we create a plan about the parts of our life that's hard, it makes the process a little bit easier. So I can acknowledge that. I can also acknowledge that, yes, I'm in a shelter, um, but I do have a warm meal to eat and I do have a warm place to stay. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the hard stuff, we forget the good stuff and the good stuff, as small as it is, is still something that's good, right? I'm, I'm still in my right mind. I'm still able to hear this podcast, even though I'm struggling right now. And so really be mindful of acknowledging the hard stuff. It's not just about like looking at things with rosy glasses, but also planning for the hard stuff because we'll just be like, life sucks and that's it. And we keep it moving the next day, life sucks, that's it, keep it moving, but we're not breaking it down. And I think breaking it down can really alleviate some of the pain that we find ourselves feeling when we're dealing with some hard times. For sure. And Fatima, thank you for asking that question, because um, something that I have for the group is, you know, what are phrases that you catch yourself saying that you've had to, like, intentionally work to reframe? I know for me, um, and it's crazy how many times I say this so casually, I'm dying. And like, you know, it's just something, <laughs> it's something, you know, partially I'm being dramatic, and then I'll be like, also me being dramatic to myself, I'll be like, no, I am temporarily emotionally distressed. Um, I am not dying <laughs> or, you know, just like switching that phrase because, you know, in the same breath, we'll talk about, 
manifestation and, you know, speaking things into life and reality, but then like, you know, casually and jokingly, like, I'll also say this too. So it's like reframing my own mind. So it can be serious. It can be silly. Are there any phrases um, for you that you definitely have to work on or you would like to work on reframing? <laughs> I was going to say growing up in a African home and growing up with different religions. So even though I grew up in a Muslim home, some of my family members also converted to Christianity. And there was just a lot of emphasis on how we speak about ourselves, right? Or what we say to each other. And so my, my aunt would always be like, um, li like life lies in the tongue or something like that. Or like whatever you say, you know, whether you know it or not, it sits in your subconscious. And it's so interesting now that I'm doing like a lot of research and science work as it relates to unconscious bias you don't even realize how much you absorb words around you and it sort of manifests and you become what you've heard or, or, or said. But to your point, Ryan, one thing that we say as like a slang is like, girl, I'm dead, right? It's just, and it's like to the I'm dying and no one is thinking of it like seriously. It's like, we all know you're okay. But I remember we said it in front of my aunt because you know, like slangs come and go. And she was like, don't say that, right? She was just like, you can't be, you're not dead. Like you don't have any other things to say, right? And you know, her reaction was visceral, but that's because she comes from a place where words are considered very powerful. And we were just like, all right, relax. And, but taking a step back, we were like, oh no, you're right. I think another piece that I'm starting to realize that even if I say it or I hear other people say it is like, that's stupid right? Especially if there's someone else sort of saying something that's different from what I think or believe. And as someone who does a lot of facilitation, sort of reframing that to say, oh, that's interesting, right? Like, even if I don't agree or believe to sort of open space to hear them out more um, versus already automatically creating this like mental wall where it's like, you make no sense. Therefore, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. So I think those are the two phrases um, that I can think of, think of right now. Thank you for sharing that, Fatima. That's so um, that's so relatable because I definitely I call them from a religious background also. So that same kind of, you know, words are powerful. And then it's just interesting to see how somewhere along the line, like we stop thinking about that, you know, <laughs> and things just kind of just come out and we don't really think a lot of we don't think much of it until we have to or until something happens. And now we want to, you know, speak life and <laughs> speak all of these things. So thank you um, for sharing that. And sorry, I derailed us a little bit, <laughs> caught everybody off guard. No, that's okay. I'm still trying to think of one, but I agree. Like I definitely grew up uh, with parents who are like, you know, your words are powerful, like, and they hold weight. Um, so Definitely that's something that I'm trying to remember now as I get older, instead of saying, oh, I can't do this or like, then it kind of sets this kind of precedent in your mind that you won't be able to do it. So I'm trying to be like, okay, like what do I instead need to be able to like tackle this difficult thing? Or maybe I need to come back to it instead of just saying, oh, I can't do this. I'll never be able to accomplish this. Like saying, okay, let me just come back to this when I'm in a positive mind frame. So I think that's something that I'm trying to think about. For sure. And for I know, at least for me, um, 
I, well, I think I've always thought about it, but it wasn't until my niece and nephew started getting older and hearing what they say. And when I was like, hey, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, how can we reframe this? And now, because they're so young, it started to, to make me rethink what I'm saying to myself and what I'm saying, you know, elsewhere too. Um, but moving, oh, so good. No, no. No, I was going to say uh, to Dara's point about, and you know, everyone's saying about how words are powerful and they hold weight and the way we think about it. I think another perspective that people end up taking when it comes to mental health um, and the reason why they don't really are honest about what they feel too is because they feel like if I say I'm depressed, it holds weight, right? So I'm not going to say I'm depressed and hope, hope it just goes away. And so, um, like, I love the fact that you have to be mindful of saying, like, I can't or I'm dead, all these things. But we also have to be mindful of not utilizing that statement to not uh, acknowledge the things that we're dealing with. Because if my hand was bleeding, I could say, I'm not going to say my hand's bleeding, but my hand is still bleeding. And I think, unfortunately, with depression and anxiety, we tend to do the same method. Are you taking new clients? <laughs> No, that's such a great point. And also like another perspective that I never even thought of, you know, but it definitely plays into um, stigma and how conversations can be hard. So thank you for, for naming that. Thank you so much. Um, so our next question um, is, so for those who will be with their families and loved ones, any tips about setting boundaries? Um, I know holidays can be sometime a time when, you know, People might be afraid to get, you know, questions asked like, oh, are you in a relationship? Oh, did you get a new job? Oh, you gained, you lost, you conquered. Like, there's just so many comments. So any tips about um, setting boundaries? And also anyone, feel free to ch chime in. Uh, so so um, I've been in private practice for the last uh, five years. And this typically is usually a time where you know, we're, I'm talking to clients about this because it comes up, I don't want to go, I don't want to do this. And, and interestingly enough, like one thing about the pandemic is people are happy, they don't got to deal with it. Um, a lot of people are happy, they don't have, they could just say no because there's corona, right? Uh, but for people that are still, you know, going to places that, you know, they are struggling in, I think, remember you have a choice, especially if you're an adult, you have a choice. I think there's so many cultural norms where it's like, well, I can't not go, right? What is it gonna look like? Oh, okay, so it's gonna look bad, but you're gonna suffer when you leave, right? So I think unfortunately we don't know how to put ourselves first and we only look at these routines and rituals that we do, but not look at how they affect us. And I think a lot of people in, in black and brown homes, we suffer because we are consistently trying to play the part and, and when we're playing the part, we're literally sacrificing ourselves because nobody's leaving um, leaving and going home with you with all of these thoughts. Uh, so if you still choose to go despite how you feel, uh, you know, one thing is good is, is kind of getting there on your own, right? Um, giving yourself a time limit, uh, setting boundaries. Like if I start to feel X, Y, and Z, uh, this is time for me to leave or already knowing like, my house is toxic, but I'm still going to show up, letting them know in advance, you know, I'm going to be going at this time and, and start to like mentally preparing yourself to leave and reminding yourself you have a choice. And, and, and a lot of times because we've had to do things for so long, 
for so long, we tend to look at our life in front of us and from a child's lens. And that's why we literally can feel stuck as a, as an adult, we can feel stuck. And so reminding yourself that you are not a child anymore, you have choices. The choices may not serve people around you. They may be uncomfortable for people. And even for you to say no, they may be uncomfortable. Um, but you know, that, that you, the boundaries and setting this tone is actually the, an act of self-love. And a lot of times people are like, how do I start loving myself? It's a lot of action. And there's not a lot of intellect involved in it. It's literally you putting yourself first, deciding to leave and uh, reminding yourself that you deserve to be happy and to have peace. Uh, and, and knowing, you know, I want to say like, when, when I say this, it's not like an easy, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave. And you may have a lot of struggle around it, right? A lot of feelings around leaving uh, that house or, or saying you're not going to go. There may be a lot of struggle around that. But remember, like I said earlier, you struggle sometimes with getting up for work and you still get up for work because you have to get paid. So keep the goal in front of you. I don't want to feel like I feel every time I leave here. So in order for that to happen, I have to push past this feeling of uncomfortability and I have to do what I need to do for myself. I just want to add that I think um, part of what the thought I had around this question was um, for a lot of people, there have been a, some big changes for them. Maybe they're not working this year. Maybe they have gained weight. And so just putting that in perspective to that, this has been a stressful year for people across the world. Um, and I can speak as someone who's been in a clinic every week, everyone's coming in, gaining 10, 15 pounds. And like, even though sometimes we counsel for um, some of the patients, like, okay, think about, is this how you want to feel? Do you feel okay with this weight gain? Um, we do kind of normalize the fact that this is something that's happening to people and people um, are changing how they interact with folks. Like they're at home more, they're not able to work out as much, they're eating more, maybe they're cooking more with their families. Like, so there are some good reasons why someone may have gained weight. Um, and so what advice do you have for people who may be going home and getting those type of comments um, or getting comments about the fact that they may not be working right now or they're struggling financially. I think those are conversations that come up, at least in my family, people will call you out and say things and like, it's hard to deal with that in the moment. So just having people think about ways they can prepare for themselves by setting those boundaries, but also like real time things they can think about. So uh, that that's really good. Uh, you know, you can't help what people say. Uh, you know, like I can't stop you from saying something about me that may may make me feel like sad. <clears throat> also, I can't look at your intentions around it. You may be generally just, you know, trying to figure out how I'm doing with my job loss. Uh, so trying not to read too much into what's happening. Uh, you know, some of the statements that may be said may be literally the fact and some of it that's being said could be stuff that you try not to think about. And so unfortunately it's being brought up into the light in, 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 in front of you. Uh, so you can say things like, uh, um, I hear you, you know, but I don't really wanna talk about that right now. Um, if you do end up talking about like the job loss or the weight gain or whatever it is that's hard, check in with yourself after you leave and ask yourself how you're feeling about that, right? Uh, if it feels like you're being put on blast, you know, you can, you can say things like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, that, that happened, but do you know, 
change the subject if you're uncomfortable with like saying no no is a complete sentence I don't want to do this like no but a lot of people do struggle with uh no and and setting those kind of boundaries so you can uh think about a topic uh because I want to meet people where they are and I know when people are in the beginning stages of setting boundaries it's not as simple as somebody who's more seasoned like me in setting boundaries uh so I always say uh you know text message it's easy to say like let me get back to you if somebody asks you for something uh but obviously when you're in person with somebody you can't just <laughs> just like walk away you could but you know if you're not interested in boundaries you're not going to do that so uh really thinking about another subject to uh bring up and ha maybe have some subjects prepared so that you could say yeah you know i lost my job but did you see uh what happened with the patriots last night right like just kind of uh, preparing yourself in that way and not feeling bad that you can't uh, be as clear and assertive around setting boundaries around the topics you don't want to talk about. Um, but definitely checking in with yourself. That was hard. That made me feel uncomfortable. You know, writing it out. Don't keep it in, in your head because in your head, when it's negative, it just starts to create a lot of false narratives about yourself. I love those tips and, and breathe. I appreciate those specific examples because, yeah, that's probably going to be some of the main topics. And when you were talking, Celeste, I was also thinking about like in the social justice DEI space, we always talk about being an ally or being an accomplice or a co-conspirator. And to your point, you were saying not everybody is, you know, comfortable setting boundaries yet or they're just at the beginning stage. And something that I've learned over time is like being the person to, to say something, even if it's not being addressed towards me. So when someone wants to talk about my sister or what's going on with her, I jump in like and we have that relationship right so obviously I'm not like saying talk for somebody but you know if you have that trustful relationship or even coming up with a game plan before you get on that zoom call or you go to the house just be like yo I know auntie so-and-so is probably going to say something like this if I freeze up you got my back <laughs> right and so so many times I've been like hey I don't think we should talk about that right now or if it's not the moment I'll wait when like we're going in the kitchen or moving something around and be like hey you know that thing that you said it really made me uncomfortable right not putting it on the person that's feeling it but just being like can we not talk about that like we're here to enjoy and sort of laugh and you bringing this up has now caused someone to feel uncomfortable and not want to be here so that's another thing that could be supportive to people who might not be able to respond and we're in the place to respond or support them yeah that's good and also uh i think i just had a thought around um oh and also, I think, you know, even though, yes, some people are not being intentional around their statements, some people are being intentional. And you're very clear on that part. And in order to like, because I don't like holding on to anger, like, it's okay to be angry, but I don't want to consume it. I don't want to just consume something like that. I remember, I, I tell myself that obviously, this person has something going on with them, where they're utilizing all their attention to talk down to me. Um, and so like that kind of compassion around that person helps alleviate some of the pain you may be experiencing where you may feel targeted. Because I always say if somebody has that much time to, to speak negative of somebody, uh, that means that they're not happy with their life. And so I, you know, have energy transfers. So like now they're spewing this on you. Now they're, they're freed up and now you're sitting with all this crap. And so like really be mindful on uh, the energy that's in this in the space because you can be a sponge, right? Or or you can have a shield up 
and I'm really big on having a shield up. I don't consume uh, a, lot, a lot of negativity, which is why I have a lot of peace in my heart and my, in my life because I'm mindful of the energy that I'm around. That's, wow, so many thoughts <laughs> on that. And I really appreciate this conversation on like reframing, adjusting, and kind of like pivoting. But what, so best case scenario, we see kind of the storm coming, <laughs> we can, you know, prevent it a little bit. But in the scenario where emotions explode, right, the thing has been said, somebody else is being a sponge, they took it all in, they clap back, they do all of these things. Um, how do you diffuse yourself in that moment? You know, maybe your shield got cracked, like we're not super person all the time. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you navigate that in a family setting, especially when, you know, you love yourself, these are people that you love. Um, and there's kind of just been this like explosion of emotions. Yeah, that's good. Uh, 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 Fatima says a virtual clapback is just ending the zoom call. You know, that's <laughs> a really good point. I don't want to take credit for that and think about that. Uh, and, you know, in person, obviously, uh, it's a little bit more challenging. And, you know, I talk about the shield, uh, but like you said, you know, we're human, right? So we experience things and a, a quick grounding is important. And a, the quickest way to ground yourself is to think about your five senses, like what's happening right now, uh, especially if your heart's racing, you're fuming. And you're so upset. And, and I've had moments like that. And I remind myself, uh, I'll say to my, I literally will say to myself, uh, you know, like, are you really going to allow them to make you feel this way? And I use language like allow, because if I start saying like, Dara made me feel this way, or Dara made me say this, Dara did not make me do anything, but her actions, uh, I allowed her actions to make me feel this way. So I immediately uh, turn it to myself and, and, you know, I'll give a real example of uh, if somebody cuts you off while you're driving and you're like sticking your finger up, you're pissed off driving to work and, and, and it's just like that person's gone on about their day, probably singing their tunes and you're all pissed off for no reason. And, uh, and that happens to me and I'm just like, Celeste, what are you doing? You don't even know what's going on with this person. And I start to have the self dialogue with myself so that I can relax because now I am causing more harm to myself. And instead of me saying that that car made me do this, I put the power, if I say that car made me do this, I'm gonna feel less and less closer to being relieved of what I'm feeling and the power is in that car. And I don't know what that car is. So I have to really be like, Celeste, like why you allow this to happen? And, and so like having that kind of perspective and language, right? We talked about language earlier can language is so important can really help you dissolve some of that feeling and it starts to release and then you start to feel a little bit better um so before we transition to our wellness section um, we wouldn't be a public health podcast if we didn't give our um, brief public health psa for this holiday season um, so we really just want to talk about how you can keep yourself and your family safe um, so if you are gathering with people, the CDC recommends to gather with people that you live with or to make sure that the gathering is five people or less. Um, some tips that um, I've read online, um, send gifts, make videos to family, do the virtual meetings, 
outdoor celebrations are good too because you know the fresh air um for folks who might be joining family quarantining before and like as you're quarantining you know make sure you continue to wear your mask wash your hands keep a six foot distance and also get tested is there anything else folks would like to add to that yeah something that we recently wrote an article at where i work and we also talked about first of all like you know, ordering food, right? Because we know there's going to be a, a shortage or we're expecting for there to be a shortage in grocery stores. And we know that everyone doesn't have access to food, right? And so if you have the means to order versus cooking or going all out, um, try to just be mindful, especially for elderly folks or people who are vulnerable to, to the virus. Uh, so that also might look like looking at local businesses and restaurants. We love to support a good I'm gonna just say black owned, <laughs> minority owned, woman owned. And so really looking to see like, especially if it's just two or four, two to four people in your home, it might be a smaller Thanksgiving this year. And so, you know, what does it look like to support, you know, businesses within your community? And most importantly, which I'm gonna pull Ryan in because Ryan recently just did a talk on just in indigenous communities, but specifically as it relates to Thanksgiving. And there was a recent article that came out of folks being like, okay, if you're gonna stay home and you're trying to bring in this social justice aspect to it as well, what does it look like to rethink the way we're celebrating Thanksgiving if we celebrate it at all, right? And what does it look like to support folks who we've sort of been sold this narrative that it's a great time of the year and the European colonizers and indigenous folks were happy, right? And so what does it look like to sort of revisit that narrative and, and honoring people who've resisted that? And also remember that, uh, you know, like these cultural norms, Thanksgiving is one out of 365 days, right? So if for some reason, you know, it, it's not celebrated, uh, is it the end of the world? Uh, and, you know, I think, it's important for us to be mindful on how much we allow society to dictate where we should be uh, or, or how we should feel, right? All these Thanksgiving commercials and everybody's smiling and happy and it may not be your story. Uh, so like just kind of like having a game plan and being mindful on, on what that looks like for you. I agree. Thank you both for saying that. I just wanted to make a plug, even though I know we need to support local owned businesses. Um, and avoid monopolies with companies like Zoom. They are offering 40, like um, for most people who don't have like a corporate account or a business account, you have a 45 minute window, right? That you can talk for free on Zoom. But on Thanksgiving day, they are uh, removing that kind of time barrier. And so people can get on Zoom and stay on for as long as they want to is my understanding. And they will potentially do that for other holidays that people celebrate across the winter months. And then I recently came across Facebook Messenger as a cool way to interact with people. I also know their Facebook can be problematic, but I think um, it's been fun to like watch movies with people on Facebook Messenger. Um, and for people who don't necessarily want to get on Zoom, a lot of everybody on Facebook, your mama, your grandma, daddy, everybody on Facebook. So it's a cool way to like get on, have Messenger, and you can talk to people, watch movies, share kind of moments in your own space, in your own time, and then log off, right, when you're done with this. So that's another way to celebrate if you're thinking about how you can just get with family or friends um, this next couple of months. Awesome. So uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, reframing and language and kind of how to prep for the holidays, but what are each of you doing personally um, in terms of wellness um, to prepare yourself for the holidays? I can start. Uh, so 
you know, um, I recently lost uh, my mother-in-law who lived with me for the last three years. And uh, I, I realized like I've never experienced uh, grief. I, I talk to people around it around the holidays. So for me personally, I have uh, been um, kind of mindful, you know, of uh, her not being here with my family and my kids uh, and thinking about, you know, traditions and how to include her without her being here, you know, like uh, her pictures here um, and thinking about like the meals she would have prepared uh, is important. And also um, honoring my emotions. I think that a lot of times we try to like jump over the emotion. And so like, whether it's with drinking or eating or whatever, shopping, but it's still there. And so like honoring my emotions, I think allows me to get through it. Uh, so um, definitely like looking at what's within my control is gonna be huge. I say thank you for sharing and, and sorry for you and your family's loss. And I know that for many people, um, you know, holidays are tough. A pandemic is tougher and trying to navigate that with family that has always been there um, is, you know, an added layer that nobody is ever really prepared for. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think for me in terms of wellness, um, so this will also be the first time I'm not spending um, Christmas with my family, like ever, I think. Um, so I think for me, um, getting creative with um, Zoom, like my parents know how to use Zoom now. So we'll, we'll, so it'll, so I'm glad that they troubleshooted that earlier this year. So we'll be fine. Um, and then also WhatsApp has FaceTime. Um, so I'll definitely, you know, be seeing them through that. Um, and just getting creative with, you know, just shipping gifts to the house and, um, you know, trying to create, you know, my own holiday traditions here at home. So, yeah. I love that, Dara. Um, um, and again, Celeste, sorry for your loss and, and appreciate you being open to share that. And hopefully this time, whatever you all decide to celebrate or how you decide to honor her, just know that you, you and your family are in our thoughts and prayers. I was going to say, um, as I think about wellness, I, I think about it holistically, right? And sometimes because of my personality, I'm like, you got to do this, you got to do that, <laughs> you know, and try to check off everything and learning to be like, it's okay, right? Like you could be 90% when it comes to emotional awareness and physical fitness, I'm just saying now you could be at 15%, right? And it's more about the process and the growth. And so giving myself grace um, over the next couple of months is going to be really important because things are different. But the things I've been reflecting on, especially during the times where I have day off, I just love doing a whole like a look at my life reflection and just be like emotionally how I'm, how, I'm, how am I doing and to your to your point so that's the question of like what do I have control over um in terms of just being in the house very often I'm very grateful that I have a job who basically gave me money and was like you can get a stand-up desk and ergonomic things right and so I'm I'm privileged in that in that standpoint and I've also been trying to be like okay the air is dry, <laughs> right? And so my humidifier is on. I have plants, plants that I can afford and trying to buy stuff from businesses that probably won't exist or crossing their fingers to, to make it through this pandemic. Um, but another thing I'm working towards is physical well-being. And just like, even if I'm not doing the, you know, hardcore workouts, but 
getting up and just taking a 20 minute 25 minute walk and it's interesting because Boston's weather is weird. So today I was out this morning and it's pretty warm, right? And so if, if you know, people have the capacity to, to do things like that, that's something that's been helpful for me because it can be very draining to just sit in front of the computer and then before you know it, the sun has set, right? Um, and so those are the few things in addition to just spiritually, like what does that look like for me, right? What does it look like praying five times a day, right? Or having a little corner in my room to to just, you know, bring in the day or, or end the night. So those are some things um, that I've been practicing and hope to bring into the, the rest of the year. So dope. I am with you 100%. I'm also taking notes over here. Thank you, Fatima, for saying all of that because I agree. I think I, all of us are kind of busy I like to say boss, you know, women doing things. Um, and for us, like having, for me, I'll speak for myself. I've been busy for, it feels like for the last couple of years. And so for this holiday season, what I'm really focusing on uh, for wellness is just being present. I think I always get caught up in doing the next thing. Like, what do I have next on my agenda? Like, what can I do? Even when I go home with my mother, like sometimes um, I'll still be on Facebook or somebody will be texting me, but I think when I can see her and when I can see my father who's experiencing some health challenges right now and my grandmother, um, turning off my phone, being very present and in the moment with them and enjoying the moments that we do have. And so that's something I'm really working on. I think generally just being mindful. So thank you for saying that earlier, Celeste, and um, being present. And then, yeah, I, I agree with what you said too, the other about physical um, wellness for team. I think knowing that, you know, light therapy does really help folks, especially at this time of year, I am in Texas, so my son looks a little bit different than y'all's son up there, but um, just taking Cricket out for a walk. My dog is 70-something right now, so it's like I am hoping to enjoy more sun and get more vitamin D because your girl is vitamin D deficient, so I need it anyways. Um, so it's going to be my goal just to get outside across the next couple of months, and like you said, Fatima, just spend maybe 20, 30, at least minutes outside every day that I can. Yeah, and can I just say as much as we sent some love to Celeste, send a love to you too, Brie, and thanks for sharing like that, like what's happening and in your family, and there's a lot that's happening, right, and so just wanted to hold space for you, and also for our listeners to, to keep you in their thoughts, prayers, vibes, whatever people are, are saying. For sure. Thank you all for sharing. Uh, for me, also thinking a lot about like physical well-being, um, at least my friends know um, and my closest 500 Instagram followers know, <laughs> but I invested in a personal trainer um, as a birthday gift to myself. And on this journey, I found I found myself becoming anxious thinking about the holidays and you know, I've been doing a lot of intentional work to reframe that, like, Thanksgiving is a day, like, stop, stop trying to, you know, think so much into it, like, it's, it's a day, like, another day, you don't have to start over, it doesn't have to derail you, and also, like, have the cupcake, have the pumpkin pie, have whatever, and, like, it doesn't have to be ground zero, so, like, for me, just the continuation of life, like, life is always going to have to move on, and it doesn't have to be, you know, this, this big event, like, I really caught myself, you know, like, well, Ryan, <laughs> it's November 2nd, why are you thinking about Thanksgiving, and how you're going to make it through, there's nothing to get through, <laughs> like, you're just going to eat, be intentional, sorry, be mindful, you know, still be in touch with yourself, check in with your body, check in with your emotions, check in with your mind, and keep it moving. 
Yes, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> Thanks everyone for sharing and for leading us in that wellness segment of our episode. And now we are going to be closing. So Celeste, every time we have a guest speaker, we sort of start off with some prompts and then you finish it. We try to do rapid fire, but if you need a second, that is also fine. And these prompts are related to the acronym of our name. So Project Black, Black, you know, building love, access, community care, and knowledge. And so the prompts that I'm going to say relate to that and give me a thumbs up if you're ready. All right, first statement. If I were to build something right now, it would be Right now in 2020, I was going to say a community of love, but we can't be together like that. All right. Next statement. A more loving world looks like? People being kind to themselves. Mm. Snaps. Next one. I believe everyone should have access to? Self-care materials. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Next one, one way I show community care is through? Speaking about mental health. Yes, we love it. Last one, without knowledge. It's hard to navigate life. Mm. Celeste, you're awesome. Thanks. Uh, you know, if anything that was said uh, felt powerful or felt good, don't let this be a feel-good podcast. Like, try to be intentional when you get off of uh, listening to this and uh, make, you know, intentional steps um, to create change uh, because the reason why it may feel good listening to this is because it's intentional. Uh, you know, it's an intentional podcast and, this, and, the, uh, and the subject was intentional. Um, but then, you know, when we get off this podcast or any kind of, like, healthy environment, you know, just the real thoughts set in, the life sets in. Uh, so really, you know, think about, you know, how can I start to create changes because, and create time and space because you're not going to find time and space, right? There's only 24 hours in a day. It's all about creating it. And, and so thank you so much for asking me to be on and this, you know, amazing platform and, uh, uh, you know, spreading so much knowledge, you know, to the world. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So where can people follow you, get more good tips from yeah. you? So you can follow me at Celeste the Therapist uh, on all social media platforms. Uh, my website is CelesteTherapist.com. Uh, and I talk about mental health. I'm very passionate about it. So thank you. Thank you. As we close this episode, we hope that this was helpful and supportive to everyone who was listening. As, as you all know, Celeste Therapist is a licensed professional and has been doing this work for a very long time. But as always, whenever we're giving tips, advice, especially as it relates to our health, we ask that you always talk to your medical and healthcare providers, right? And so that's super important. We don't want folks to feel like this is the end all be all, but we do hope that this is supportive. And if you have further questions or you're thinking about trying anything that was mentioned in this episode, feel free to talk to the folks um, that are professionals around you. Thank you. Blackout. Blackout. <laughs> Bye, Celeste. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Project Black. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
Until next time, take it easy and keep bridging the things that matter the most to you. Blackout. Blackout.